0: And a line drive left field. Ben and Teddy coming on, dives. And then he make the catch? He did. He got it. There we go. It's time to party. Right here. 3 2. Hi, yeah. He crushed it. It's a grand slam. him in straight three. It's over. The Red Sox have won the
1: world championship. Welcome to Benny and the Bets Podcast.
0: Can you believe it?
1: Here's your host, Terry Cushman.
0: Hello everyone and welcome to another playoff edition of the Benny and the Bets podcast. Going to be reviewing very briefly all four Divisional League uh, series and then once we get through those we will preview the National League Championship Series as well as the American League Championship Series and then uh, I don't have a date yet but late this coming week or maybe early the following week, will uh, whenever the series wraps, we'll review those and and uh, talk about the World Series. So joining me tonight, Charlie Smith, Jason Kelly. How are you, gentlemen?
1: Doing great. Yeah, I'm pretty good. I'm, I'm still on a high from seeing that final score last night from the Yankees game. So <laughs> I am still enjoying that.
0: Well, we're gonna save the best for last, but we will definitely uh, spend quite a bit of time on that, as well as our, you know, jubilation, I guess, as to how it turned out and the sweet irony that also played out as well. But I guess getting right into it, we'll uh, we'll start with the National League side, the Braves and the Marlins. I thought it would be a little bit more of a competitive series, but the Braves kind of ran the table uh, with basically three games to nothing. The middle game, uh, game two, was a bit of a pitcher's duel and was probably the the best of them all. But, Charlie, go ahead. What were your thoughts on that series?
2: Um, It was was very clearly, um, I mean, a sign of a team that had uh, nothing but firepower in both the the rotation and on offense. You have Ozuna, who went off. Their catcher, even. Uh, Darnall ended up going off. Acuna, we already know what he can do. And you almost feel bad because you knew that Miami's offense wasn't going to do great. And anything that you get, you know, you, you're just thinking, okay, cool. And in the first game, they were actually winning at one point after the third inning it was uh it was 4 to 1 until atlanta came roaring back scored 2 in the same inning and then there was nothing and then they blew the doors off uh and that's kind of what what ended the series because game 2 pablo lopez pitched a great game two runs on three hits in five innings he struck out seven you should be able to generate a little bit of of support there only problem is you're facing anderson who allowed three hits struck out eight and it was just blowout city. Uh, nothing worked for them. And then in the third game, they followed that up with only scoring five hits against Kyle Wright, who is like, in my opinion, the nobody, ends up pitching the game of his life. He didn't have, I don't remember Kyle Wright lighting up any scorecards like all season long. So it was just three straight games where it was a team that deserves to be in the playoffs against a team that just, accidentally made the playoffs because the rules were different in 2020 the marlins had no business in the playoffs and atlanta by right should be advancing to the championship series
0: yeah kyle Wright had a 5.21 era in the regular season so you're right basically a nobody and stepped up and you know with six uh scoreless innings so uh i guess if you're gonna have a game like that save it for the playoffs but jason what were your thoughts
1: this series, to me, was a case of yeah, a team that is not there yet going up against a team that is there. Um, it's, it's Atlanta's time right now. This division is, is theirs for the moment. Um, the Marlins just aren't there yet. They're not ready. And they, they will be, I think, someday. They, they've got really good young pieces there. Sixto Sanchez looks like a future star. Um, they've got young guys on offense that I think are going to start hitting a little bit better. As they go forward, they're just not there yet, and they're going up against a Braves team that, you know, next to the Dodgers is, you know, uh, I think by right they're the second best team in the NL. uh Freddie Freeman's in his prime. Acuna's hitting the crap out of the ball. Dansby Swanson is turning into a star before our eyes. So, and Atlanta still has a glaring pitching problem in terms of you know depth of the starting rotation, but. You know, they got past the Marlins without any issues. And if Kyle Wright can, you know, deliver another performance like that, they can make life difficult for the Dodgers in in the championship series. So the Braves are just, they're really good. They're a really good team. They've they've got pretty much everything you could ask for, you know, in terms of they've got two frontline starters. They've got the bullpen to, to back it up and they're hitting. Um, and they ran into a Marlins team that was just in over their heads. Um, I do think the Marlins will be back. It may not be next year, but they're building something pretty good there, so I think Marlins fans have that to hang their hat on. But they were just so overmatched.
0: They absolutely were. I was I didn't get to see the Ian Anderson game, but he continues to be impressive. I did see his start in the previous series against the Reds, so I think he's gonna be, you know, the the ace of their staff who's gonna kinda you know, be leaned on the hardest in the upcoming Dodgers series. Freed kind of scuffled a little bit. He was he was really impressive in the previous series, but only uh, lasted four innings, four in runs. So ho- hopefully, I mean, it's hard to imagine he's gonna, <laughs> he's going to hold up too well against that Dodgers lineup. If if you know the Marlins were were giving him a hard time, but but we'll see. He's he's definitely going to have to step up as well. Um, the thing I I love about the Braves is, you know, they've gotten better and better every year and they've stuck with Brian Snitker. You know, they've kind of gone against the, you know, the, the grain as far as, you know, bringing the old guy in, you know, where everybody else is trying to get younger, you know, like our co-host Andrew, you know, wants the Red Sox to do in the worst way. Um, but it's just, it's a, it's a very likable team and, you know, I'm going to be rooting for them the next series. We'll, we'll preview it here shortly, but, uh, with the Marlins though, if they want to spend money this winter, I think they're positioned to do it. Like, I don't see why they shouldn't, because I, I think they could at a minimum compete for a wild card next year. If, if everybody's healthy if you're talking a full season of Urena, uh, Sixto Sanchez, and uh, Alcantara, I just think that's a great one, two, three. And I'm, I'm going to be curious to see what they do. And, you know, I, so I, I'm glad they got this far. And uh, I'm glad the Braves beat them. We don't want Derek Jeter getting too much glory. But, um, but yeah, you know, it, it was – it was what we thought it would be in the end with the Braves kind of running the table, just kind of like what you said, Jason, an incredibly balanced team. And Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they got the result they were supposed to get Uh, getting over to the other uh, side of the national league bracket, kind of a disappointing series between the Dodgers and the Padres because they were both in the same division, both kinda the class of the National League. A lot of excitement around the the Padres. The Dodgers are always, you know, basically favored to win the division. They didn't disappoint. So you'd think this could be a really competitive series, maybe going four or five games. San Diego didn't have their pitching, so kind of you know, kind of put them in a tough spot right out of the gates, but Charlie, go ahead. Thoughts on Dodgers-Padres?
2: Dodgers Dodgers are so overpowered, it's stupid. But um, you can't expect to win a series when you're lauded. And this is why I think the conversation of who would you rather have on your team, Fernando Tatis Jr.? Would you rather have Mike Trout? And uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. is still not someone I'd rather have on my team over Mike Trout. And this most recent series... Is more than enough reason for that. You can't hit a buck eighty-two in what's supposed to be a five-game series uh, alongside your, you know, your teammates Manny Machado who hit a buck sixty-seven, Eric Hosmer who hit a buck fifty-four. Y- you guys are the leaders on the team. Will Myers hit a hundred? one No, you cannot <laughs> expect to win ball games. The only major damage that Machado and Hosmer did. Were solo home runs in um, what game two, game three? That's that's it. You guys got smoked in game one. Clevenger was not himself. He's done for the year. Your reliever has absolutely got rocked. Game two, your starter gives you five innings, allows four runs. Davy's not great, but you're facing Clayton Kershaw, who's been able to turn the clock back and give a performance from you know a couple years back. And then you got uh, Gratterall, who ends up kind of shutting the door. In um, game two, in, in a sense, you know, he didn't he didn't end up finishing the game. But as soon as he came on, it was like, OK, cool. Then you got Kenley Jensen, who, who almost blew the game and then former Red Sox standout. Joe Kelly ends up shutting the door and just being done with it. But the Padres absolutely fell apart. Trevor Rosenthal, game three, destroyed. What the hell happened there? It's just this is a team that had so much um Going into the playoffs, and then it was, I almost feel like, okay, whatever team faces the Dodgers, that's when your season ends. And that couldn't have been, you know, more accurate because this team just didn't look like they had anything. The Dodgers, it didn't matter what they did. They could do no wrong. And uh, Urias in game three, only knew about him doing crazy work was just because of fantasy baseball. I had him in one of my leagues. Guy is a star. Five innings, six strikeouts allowed one run on a hit not earned. You're getting that from a reliever. That's how deep you are. Um, the Dodgers, I think, were my pick to win it all um, in the National League, and I think win win the World Series this year um, before the season even started. This team is so locked and stocked and ready to rock. It's not even funny when when three of your stars are hitting over 300. Bellinger finished the series 333, uh, or he's hitting 333. Betts the same thing. Seager's hitting 364. Oh yeah, and your catcher's hitting four fifty-five. Like, I mean, really? Your your pitching would have to be superb. And if you have to compare Dodgers to San Diego, the Dodgers have better hitting because you have rookies that are not proven, don't have playoff experience, and then pitching, you have pitchers that have extensive playoff experience against a bunch of guys that are like, Oh wow, cool. This is this is this is what it would feel like to pitch in the playoffs and whatnot. Interesting. This is gonna be This is going to be fun until you guys lose three in a row. So disappointing uh, doesn't really quite say it. I thought this was going to go five. To say that it it didn't even go four, they couldn't even take one game. This is a a significant disappointment and one of the probably most underwhelming performances for any of the teams in 2020.
1: Yeah, this was um, disappointing to say the least, because it looked like San Diego had really announced their arrival. You know, like all the all the years of waiting and building and drafting, uh, it looks like it finally paid off. And, you know, it's here we are. We've got Machado, Tatis, all these guys were ready to go. And they just got trucked. They they ran into uh the best team in the league and they went down without a whimper. I mean it, it was just uh, th- this wasn't close, and slam Diego, boy, that went away real fast because they just forgot how to hit. I mean, and granted, yeah, the Dodgers have great pitching, so you know they'll do that to a lot of teams, but to San Diego, for for them to just completely fold like that was surprising to me. And and I think when you look at this team, it's still a team that has a lot of grow- It has a lot of growing up to do. Um, Fernando Tatis Jr. is a phenomenal player and he's going to be really good for a long time but he's got some growing up to do you know that i think they all do um and it's a little bit worrying when the supposed veteran leader of your team is a guy manny machado who once again had his classic meltdown uh in this series because god forbid someone struck him out and pimped him a little bit and so machado lost his mind and you know because that's kind of what he does he's just kind of a loser player who you know when things are going well he's you know you don't hear his name but then his team's losing and he's not performing well and he gets frustrated then he you know rips off his helmet he's he's throwing you know slurs into the other dugout like i i worry about the future of san diego if they really do believe that like manny machado was the guy that's you know the veteran leader of that team because you know that's where tatis is going to take his cues from That's where guys like Trent Grisham are going to take their cues from. So is this San Diego team going to become one of these that's talented, but just can't figure out how to play, you know, and and they can't play maturely. And so, yeah, they'll beat up on the bad teams. But when they run into a professional outfit like the Dodgers, they're going to get smoked. I certainly hope not. Um, I want San Diego to keep getting better. I want their pitching to get better for next year. And I want them to make another run because I think a Padres-Dodgers rivalry for the next couple of years would be awesome for that division. So I hope this isn't the last of the Padres that that we see. I hope they come back next year and they're even better and maybe they grow up a little bit and they figure it out. Um, as for the Dodgers, they're a wagon. That team's such a wagon. And there's not a single guy in that lineup who's not pre- performing. Maybe Justin Turner, but... You can always count on him to get that, have that one good game, you know. So if you're the Dodgers, you're just kind of cruising right now. And granted, Atlanta is going to be a tough matchup for them, but they're such a wagon, it's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, and, you know, when Charlie, you know, mentioned, which was an interesting, you know, kind of point to raise, you know, between Mike Trout and Fernando Tatis, I think from this day forward, I think Tatis is going to, probably have shinier stats. However, I don't know Tatis's character. You know, if things do get toxic, like Jason, where you mentioned the, you know, the Machado influence, I could see, I could see Tatis possibly being a diva. And for that reason, I would still take Mike Trout a hundred times out of a hundred, because I know I'm getting a classy guy who's still going to give it his all and, and still be a perennial all-star. So, definitely, I would take Trout as well. As far as this series, you know, not being competitive, being really underwhelming, I mean, the the Padres only got one inning out of Mike Clevenger, who had an elbow sprain. I assumed his season was done. When you hear that, you're out half a season, or you're having Tommy John. And I was kind of surprised they brought him back because I said on a previous show, yeah, he's done. Don't don't even count on him. They brought him back. He lasted 26 pitches in the first inning and was basically done for the season at that point. and they they essentially said as much. So kind of disappointing there, uh, you know, only getting an inning out of him where it was such a big trade. Then they had Zach Davies, kind of a a Milwaukee Brewers retread you know, hung in there for five innings in a relatively close game, gave up four and runs. But this isn't a guy who's gonna obviously, you know, put the team on his back and and, you know, shut down one of the best offenses in, in MLB. And then a guy I've never even heard of, and I, I didn't see this game, dead giveaway, uh Adrian Morjon. Uh, you know, he was maybe an opener, I don't know. He he went two innings, gave up three earned runs. Then Craig Stammen came in, gave up three runs, and it was over after that. That was game three. The Dodgers cruised. Julio Urias, like Charlie said, five innings. Uh, didn't give up an earned run. Uh, only one hit. Just extremely dominant, you know, for you know middle inning relief. So, um, Dodgers just... Head and shoulders better this series, you know, had more guns. And hopefully, you know, for the sake of, you know, Major League Baseball, the the Padres get it together next year because, like I said on a previous show, this is going to be the premier rivalry in MLB for the better part of the next decade. You know, because the Red Sox and Yankees, they're not going to, they're not going to peak together at the same time as far as their roster talent goes. You know, one team's going to be on the upswing, one team's going to be on the downswing. So I think that's going to be the rivalry going forward, but not shocked at all that the Dodgers, um, you know, swept them. Uh, Getting over to the American League side of the bracket, uh, we'll get into the Astros' um A's series, I wrote Rays on my paperwork almost had a Ron Burgundy moment wrote read what was on the teleprompter um, but yeah Astros A's in, in typical Oakland fashion completely disappointing you know throughout the series. The Astros you you would just never know that they had a, a tough season with a losing record coming into the playoffs because they look fairly decent. You know, at least offensively, because they didn't have that throughout the uh, regular season. But, Charlie, go ahead.
2: Um, I hate the Astros. You know, I, God, it, it's, it, this is really hard because I've, I've been against the Astros and I will continue to be against the Astros even the next series just out of spite at this point. Um, I think this team all of a sudden can perform during the playoffs. It makes no sense. Half these guys during the regular season did not do damage. They didn't do a damn thing. But all of a sudden now, it's like the bats are waking up. Each game that the Houston Astros won, um, games one, two, and four, they had at least one player on their team with multiple home runs. That's hard. You gave up multiple home runs to a single player in three games in your division series. I'm sorry, but uh, that's not going to cut it. And against a team as high octane as Houston is as far as offense goes, if your offense isn't going to do the same kind of thing, your pitching has got to be stellar. And your pitching was anything but. You give up 10 runs in the first game. You give up 11 runs in the fourth game. Uh, you're not going to win that, those games. You're just not. Um, if you look at both lineups as far as offense goes, you're already down a major chip. You guys have no superstar third baseman. And yeah, Pinder is covering over at third and whatnot, but are you really going to put all of your eggs in that basket over Chapman? I don't think so. So already the athletics were down a major piece in the puzzle. Um, Houston was able to kind of retool and reassess their, their situation. Game two, I thought, was one that they they should have had. Manaya um, was pitching, and I thought, okay, let's let's hope that it gets better um Zeus Lazardo ended up pitching the third ones they they ended up barely getting that one but they scored nine runs Houston still was able to score seven I mean you you can't live on that if if your team is if your team's giving up 910 runs a game you you can't do that Houston was able to score seven or more three times in that series Oakland scored six five. Uh, sorry, six two nine and then six again against a team that's going to blow them out in offense. I mean, dude, you're not going to win a series when you got players in the top of the lineup. You got Springer hitting almost 400, Altuve hit 400, Bregman hit 400, Brantley at 368, Tucker hit 412, Correa hit 500. That is literally insane. That's stupid. You you. <laughs> What were they expecting? Twice in that series, he had three hits and just destroyed everything that came his way. If you hit 300 in a series, you did your job. 400? Congratulations. 500? I'm walking you every single time. He went three for four in the last game with five RBIs. They played four games. He had 11 runs knocked in. He averaged almost three RBIs a game. You cannot live... If you are letting one player do that kind of damage, you cannot. So, I'm going to hate myself for saying this. I tip my cap to Houston for being able to do this. (laughs) I'm still wondering if I rewatch these games if I'm going to hear trash can banging. But uh, (laughs) Oakland just not able to do it.
1: Yeah, I think it's, it's safe to say that the Carlos Correa revenge tour is in full swing now. Um, and I got a little annoyed midway through this series because I don't know if you guys saw it, Josh Reddick had an exchange with, uh, some MLB writer on Twitter who he posted this, this tweet about, you know, oh, you know, the Astros locker room, they're, they're angry, they're motivated, they're, they're pissed off at the world and it's driving them to success. And, and Reddick quote tweeted him and said, what are you talking about? Nobody's angry. Like, you know, nobody's saying that in the locker room. Like, where'd you hear that? And I just kind of. I kind of rolled my eyes because I feel like that's a lie. This team's playing angry. They're playing angry. They're playing motivated. Like, just admit it, dude. You guys are pissed because everyone got on you for the cheating scandal. And, you know, ev- everyone bagged on the Astros all year. And now they're going on the revenge-, revenge tour. It's okay. Like, it's, you know, you're going to the ALCS because of it. Like, I, I this absolutely looks like a team that's playing pissed off and motivated And it shows in the way they're swinging the bats. And it's a good thing they're swinging the bats because their pitching is not helping them. Zach Ranky has been awful. Lance McCullers has been awful. Um, Their bullpen's been good, which is probably their only saving grace because their starters just aren't cutting it. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because they're they're absolutely mashing. Um, This was a big missed opportunity for Oakland, who once again just proves to still be the Oakland Athletics. You know, it doesn't matter if it's a COVID-shortened season or whatever. If the Athletics are in the playoffs, they're going to disappoint you. Um, And they did again, just didn't hit enough. Pitching wasn't good enough. Um, This, to me, was, you know, they're going in there against an Astros team that just kind of barely squeaked in, and they let them get hot, and they lost. You know, Oakland's, I don't think, really had the talent to get there anyway, but... Big-time missed opportunity with, with Granke and those guys not performing the way that they were. Um, Oakland should have been able to hit better than this. I know they don't have Chapman, but they still have Olsen. They still have Loriano, They still have a pretty decent lineup, and they just didn't really do much. So good for the Astros, I guess. Um, I'm kind of with Charlie. I still can't stand them. I hate Carlos Correa so much because, you know, he's smug face is going to be all, you know, well, Carlos Correa told you, you know, he's walking the walk now. Um, but hey, they they hit the crap out of the ball this series. Um, they're going up against a team that's got really good pitching, though. So if Granke and McCullers and uh, Valdez, if their starters can't figure it out and they all of a sudden stop hitting, then they'll really get exposed. So we'll see. But yeah, they they just blew past the athletics with their offense. I mean it's kind of ridiculous to, to look at like the numbers at the end of the series. He's, they've got like multiple guys hitting over four hundred. I mean, we we thought the Dodgers were hitting, the Astros really turned it on this series. So they're they're motivated. They're definitely motivated, but we'll see what happens when they run into better pitching.
2: Yeah, they have- I, I think oh, you know, Jason, to that point, I, I felt that just because the Rays are the Rays where they just it doesn't seem to matter what players they get. They're always able to turn, you know, make gold out of garbage or, you know, make gold out of players that are a couple ticks off. Um, And I feel like everybody's season ends when they face the Dodgers and the Rays. So Houston is going to go down in the next series. And uh, if it doesn't happen, they'll go down in the series after that. Because if I have to take Houston or L.A., I'm taking L.A., no question.
0: I just, you just figure one of these years, Oakland has to kind of break through. And, you know, Chris Bassett had a pretty decent year. We know Sean Mania can be solid. I don't think he's quite the same guy after having that shoulder problem. But, you know, I mean, he's got a good foundation. Jesus Lazardo, one of their young prospects. You know, we, we've seen younger pitchers in their first or second year stepping up throughout these playoff games. And, you know, he, he looked like he could be a candidate to, to be one of those guys. And he scuffled and uh, Frankie Montas as well. You know, these are all guys that you feel like could go in there and, and they could have a good game, but it just didn't happen. You know, none, none of them, you know, made it past five full innings and, and, just really disappointing and you know the revelation to me this series though you know as far as the Astros go has been Framber uh, Valdez pretty solid you know going down the stretch in the season pitched seven strong innings only gave up a couple earned runs he he was 5 and 3 with a 3.57 ERA in the regular season so um you know very very strong performance there I thought it was hilarious, you know, with Grinky, you know, doing his shenanigans, and he, um, you know, he told Luriano what pitch he was going to throw, and Luriano crushed it for a three-run home run. So it's funny to do that in the regular season, but in the playoffs, you probably shouldn't be uh, tipping your hand that much. And if you guys remember. It was Loriano that got into it with the Astros' hitting coach upon reaching first base in the regular season, caused the the benches to clear. So, um, you know, it, this was potentially a, a grudge match, but Oakland just didn't show up. And if they, if they didn't have that big rally at the end of game three, I think they scored three runs in the in the seventh, two in the eighth, it would have been a sweep, you know, three game sweep. So Astros kind of getting hot at the right time. They have a losing record, which I think is hilarious. I, uh, I'll, I'll get more into it with them and you know how awkward it would have been to, to potentially face the Yankees. But I will say this, I'm really happy for Dusty Baker because he was looked at as a retread and hate this Astros team all you want i think he was the right guy to come in under these circumstances and you know get these guys eventually firing on all cylinders and he hadn't he hadn't won a playoff series since 2003 you know the the NLDS i forget who they even played and then they ended up playing the Marlins and that that was the Bartman game And, um, so that Oh three, it's been 17 years since he's won a playoff series. So I'm at least happy for him. But, uh, you know, if I'm an Oakland fan, I'm pretty disappointed. You know, Billy Bean, anybody who saw Moneyball probably loves the movie. You know, I watch it at least five times every off season and, um, you know, Billy's just going to have to, you know, maybe reimagine what he's doing out there in Oakland And, you know, whether it's, you know, a different mindset as far as trading or maybe spending a little bit more money. I mean, it sucks they have to play in the Coliseum in a normal season with fans, you know, not showing up. But, um, you know, hopefully for the sake of that market, they uh, find a way to turn it around. Because, you know, same, same old early playoff exits there. Uh, getting into, finally, the Yankees race series, um, we all picked the, the race to, to win. Uh, you know, they're the better balanced team, but you never know. Um, the Yankees have a bunch of game changers in their lineup, and, and uh, it went five games. But go ahead, Charlie.
2: Uh, I'm happy that out of all the series, this is the one that everyone pretty much called like correctly. I thought it was going to go five. Um, Garrett Cole did what he does and, um, he did what was expected of him in both games one and game five and, uh, say what you want about Cole. But, uh, when you give up a solo shot as your only hit in five and a third, you strike out nine. You've literally given your team 56% plus of a great game. Zach Britton comes in, throws another inning and a third. You literally have two innings left almost of pitch. You only need two innings. That's it. It all came down to game five. Uh, I've been huge about this team um, with the Rays. The Rays seem to have everybody's number, and people were saying, oh, the Yankees did great. The Yankees did awesome. The Yankees did great this season because they blew out the Red Sox as many times as they did. If you don't count the Red Sox games this year, correct me if I'm wrong. The Red Sox and Yankees faced each other, was it 12 times this year? Uh, 10. 10 times, okay. And we went 1-9 and nine against them, correct?
0: Against think the so. race? 1-9. Yep. You...
2: Okay. So that means that against the rest of the teams... They went 24 and 26, a couple games under 500. I believe the same record as the Marlins, 29 and 31. The Yankees have been overplaying, uh, overperforming in numbers and stats uh, because they've played crap teams. I'm sorry. Um, You had a fantastic series from Stanton who decided to play out of his mind. Uh, I, I don't i just don't get it like he he matched what he's done in the in the postseason with what he's done in the regular season how do you freaking do that like how does that happen this guy's getting paid 25 26 million dollars and in two seasons he's gotten over 54 million or 52 million dollars i think it's over 54. after everything is said and done the guy has what seven home runs during the regular season He only had four this year he had, he had Two fifty, and then in the postseason so far, he's already had four home runs uh, against the the Rays, two against Cleveland. So he's already surpassed his regular season total in home runs. There's no question. Stanton really likes playing in the postseason. Absolutely, he strikes out a lot too. But it's 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 almost borderline boom or bust. Um, second game, I don't know why they only gave Garcia one inning. He gave up a solo a solo shot. And then they brought in J.A. Happ. So J.A. Happ doesn't get his start. Uh, he's not getting his, his bonus. It was, I believe, after fact-checking, it was regular season starts, like doing a little bit more research on that. So he's going to be a little salty about it. He couldn't get it done. Tampa Bay did great. Glasnow, dude, Glassnow, I think is going to be a superstar next year. He gave up a couple home runs, gave up four runs on three hits. He still struck out ten guys in five innings. That's just stupid numbers. Um, looking at the third game, this is when I was like, okay, cool. This is going to go five games um, because you know you're, you can't put Cole in game four. He's going to go game five. It's going to it's going to go the series. And I think Cole splits in the series. If it, and that's my mindset was if Cole pitches twice, they will win one. They will lose one. I don't know how. I don't know why, but it will happen. And it ended up not even being Cole's fault. Chapman ends up giving a solo home run to the one guy, the one guy in the regular season who probably wishes that Chapman had no postseason. And uh, Brousseau, who ended up getting... I don't, did you guys ever watch the highlight for that? This kid got headhunted not once but twice, and, and Chapman and him did not... They, they didn't exchange you know, Christmas cards this year, uh, or coming into this year. Uh, no birthday cards, no nothing. How poetic... How poetic is it that the guy who almost got hit with 101 miles an hour, like dome shot ends up being the one that sends the series uh, to a victory for your team, sends the Yankees who have, at this point, I don't even know what their payroll is because it's so dumb. um, Because of uh, all the, the craziness and whatnot. This is an absolute sham. How many billions of dollars have the Yankees spent since 2000? You know, this is a team that annually spends a boatload of money you got Garrett Cole who's got a 300 million dollar deal you got Stanton who's finishing up his 300 million dollar deal the year before Garrett Cole unless he signs his option year Tanaka he's just wrapped up 155 million like all I keep thinking of is wow the Yankees need to spend half a billion in a year to win and that was in 2009 when they got C.C. Sabathia A.J. Burnett Mark Teixeira and I forget who the fourth guy was, but they just went all out. Like, oh cool, these guys are all available in free agency. We'll take all of them. And it's just, you lost to a team that has a borderline fraction. Like, I don't even. What's the payroll of the Tampa Bay Rays? I don't even know. It can't possibly be anything close to what the, uh, you know, the Yankees have. But you just got absolutely smoked. You got destroyed. How when you I'm sorry, I don't blame Cole for this. I think you have to credit the Tampa Bay Rays for being super, just super talented, super diligent, uh, dedicated, uh, dedicated, disciplined uh, to the max. And if this goes Rays and, and Dodgers, I pray that everybody watches this series because I think more people would end up watching it if it's Houston, but for the wrong reasons. So that's that. I'll shut up now.
0: Oh good, Jason, go ahead. <laughs> okay,
1: Yankees fans. I, for, for those of you that are listening, I want you to lean in for this, and I, and I want you to listen very carefully. I told you so. I told you so. I said it on this show that the Yankees had big-time problems at starting pitching. They did not have enough depth there, and Brian Cashman decided that one guy – was enough to fix that. He clearly wasn't. Now, I agree with Charlie. Garrett Cole pitched well in this series. He basically did his job, although I think game one, he looked a little rough at first. Um, You know, didn't exactly look like a $350 million pitcher in that game, but he still won, you know, and he he still looks pretty good, so fine. Okay? Um, I also told you that Gary Sanchez blows, and he got benched. He's so bad that he actually got benched. Okay, so the whole Gary Sanchez thing has to be over for Yankees fans because he couldn't even get himself into the lineup in this series. Um, This was just, this was so classic Yankees. As Charlie said, like, oh, we got the biggest prize of the offseason. We spent all this money. Here we come. You know, once again, I think this is what year three in a row that we've been told this Yankees team with judge and Stanton, like, look out they are world series favorites. No, no. Couldn't get to the ALCS this time. Got stopped by the, the low budget Tampa Bay Rays. Like it's just the same song and dance with this team. You know, that they'll, they'll have a stretch where, like you said, they'll beat up on bad teams like the Red Sox. And everyone goes, Oh man, watch out, you know? And, Matt Faskersen and A-Rod are screaming on the broadcast, oh, my God, another home run for Aaron Judge, who hit 143. Um, you know, oh, my God, another home run for Gio Urshela, the best third baseman in baseball. He hit 105. Um, you know, all we heard about what, you know, towards the end of the year was, wow, Luke Voigt, he's actually going to get some some MVP votes. He hit 111. Like, it, it's it was bound to happen. They ran into a team with good pitching, and they got shut down. They got shut down. That's that's just it. Stanton had a great series. D.J. LeMahieu still hit pretty well, right? Brett Gardner actually hit in this series. Glaber Torres hit, but Judge and Sanchez and, you know, all these other guys that Yankee fans love to pump up did not show up. And, you know, your closer blows that last game. I agree. That's poetic justice that it was a home run from Brousseau. Like... Couldn't have happened to a nicer guy, Roldis Chapman. Um, He absolutely deserved that. And again, I mean, just you look at that Yankees team, you you know, they're tossing out guys like Jordan Montgomery, you know, Tanaka, who, you know, his better days are behind him. Like, it just wasn't enough. I don't know when Brian Cashman is going to figure it out that you can't just go and get the biggest prize and, you know, get that one big guy and then it fixes everything else. Like, it doesn't. Garrett Cole was a good signing granted it's a ton of money so already you've wasted the first year with him because he didn't win so hopefully you win sometime in the next eight years while he's there um but you needed more than that you know they needed more pitching and they didn't go out and do it you know and and then all we heard about was oh davy garcia look out davy garcia he's you know wait till he comes up he blew like it's just the yankees overrate their own talent and they overrate their general manager. Like, I hope that Yankees fans are taking a good, hard look at Brian Cashman after this and saying, what did you do? You went out and got Garrett Cole, great, but you sat on your hands at the trade deadline while other teams around us got better, including the Rays, who you just lost to. So this is now, like, I think it's absolutely time for Yankees fans to take a long, hard look at Brian Cashman and say, are you really... The guy that's gonna, you know, like, have you sort of lost your touch here? Because I think he absolutely cost his team by not doing anything at the deadline and not going out and getting a pitcher or something like that. Because um, they they do have a good team; they just didn't have enough. So I don't know. Hopefully they're they're looking at Cashman and they're they're you know qu- calling him into question. Um, but I feel like in tymp- typical Yankees fashion. It'll all fall on the manager, or they'll just use a player as a scapegoat, and Cashman will still skate somehow, which is ridiculous. But they're out. The Rays are going forward. Rays are going to be a tough matchup for anybody. Like I said, you know, when we were talking about Houston, Houston's hitting really well right now, but that three-headed monster of Morton, Snell, and Glasnow, yikes. And that Tampa bullpen is is full of some real good flamethrowers too. So... If Tampa can just if they can continue to hit and those three guys continue to pitch like that, the Astros are going to be in big trouble.
0: I was So I
2: actually Oh, oh I'm sorry, Terry. I was, was curious yeah. to see just on the payroll aspect of what the two teams were looking at. 2020 uh New York Yankees before the adjustment 29% in relation to so it's it's literally less than a third. Of the payroll of the Yankees, after the adjustment, it was about a quarter. The Yankees uh, spent two hundred, almost two hundred fifty million this year before the adjustment. The Rays were seventy two point four. The top three guys in New York: thirty six million, Garrett Cole, twenty six million, Giancarlo Stanton, twenty three million, Masahiro Tanaka. That's eighty five million between those three. The Yankees have 11 players, 11 players, making over $10 million a year. The Tampa Bay Rays, in relation to that, have two. Two. So the Yankees are not really thinking Moneyball. They must have thought that uh, Moneyball was, was a fictional story because they keep thinking like buying is going to continue getting his titles. You've learned for the last eleven years it doesn't work. Why are you still trying to do it? But common sense isn't common. And as much as I, you know, always pictured, you know, Brian Cashman will be the, you know, the GM of the Yankees for the next fifty years. I literally think you need to go in a different direction now. It is what it is. He needs to go.
0: I'm going to have some thoughts on on the Cashman Boone thing in a second, but I'll, just to touch on the actual series. I was really impre- impressed with uh, Tyler Glass now because he did kind of scuffle a little bit last year. He was tipping his pitches, and the damage that the Astros managed to do to him in Game Five of last year's ALDS basically won them the series. And so you just kind of wonder how Glass now will perform, you know, with a lot of media attention, you know, in a high-profile start and. He was phenomenal in Game uh, Two, and then he was phenomenal in the three innings he pitched. Uh, you know, in Game Five on just two days rest, I was extremely impressed with him. The dude's going to be a stud. Uh, I can't believe they got they got him for Archer along with Meadows uh, in that deal. It's just absolutely crazy, but. But he definitely wasn't phased by the New York Yankees one bit, so that's cool. Charlie Morton as well just continues to be the solid, you know, steady veteran in in all of these playoff appearances, and, um, you know, he he did struggle a little bit with his command in Game 3, but, you know, just kind of buckled down and, uh, you know, kept the Rays in it, and and you know, really, really impressive there. And and my God, that bullpen is phenomenal. You know, Kevin Cash can just do so many different things, so many different sequences with certain relievers. Um, the one I forget his name already. He uh, he pitched in like three or four straight games. He always looks like he's about to have an anxiety attack. Oh, what is his name? He ended up being phenomenal down the stretch as well, especially in, in the fifth game. And, you know, got the ball to Castillo. And and uh, and then Brusso got revenge on Chapman, like you guys said. And it's just crazy how... Chapman's so good in the regular season and just coughs it up in in a big moment and you just wonder what his legacy is going to be in New York you know being the next you know big name closer after Mariano Rivera you know after the greatest of all time like his legacy isn't even going to come close because he choked in, in a couple of big moments and yeah so Love the Rays. Going to have more thoughts on them in a few minutes when we get to the preview. But with the Boone Cashman thing, it seems like a lot of fans on social media really want to put it on Boone. He took a lot of heat for the uh, Game 2 strategy by bringing in Jay Happ, who really pitched well coming down the stretch the last you know handful of starts in the season. So... I didn't think it was like a terrible move. It worked out terribly, but I didn't think the the thought process behind it was bad. He was hoping to catch Kevin Cash with too many lefties in his lineup, and there were several lefties in the lineup. and And so Hap comes out for the second inning, and Boone was hoping to you know gain an advantage there, but uh, he ended up giving up I think five hits to lefties uh in the three or four innings he pitched. So it backfired. But to me, the guy who has to go is is definitely Cashman. This is a nineteen nineties, early two thousands GM. That's the mindset he has. And I know during that time frame George Steinbrenner was the prominent figure, you know, in that front office. But But even in 2020, it just seems like Cashman has that old-school mindset, which is really outdated and extremely ineffective in 2020. And that pitching rotation was just atrocious. I know Montgomery stepped up and pitched well, but it very easily could have gone the other way. Tanaka is completely washed. I'm not convinced Davy Garcia is even a starting pitcher. The dude tops out at at 90. Eckersley was punking him so bad. He had to apologize the next day for it. <laughs> so, I just I think Garcia is better suited as a one or two inning guy. I could be wrong, but he did give up a, a solo shot in the one inning he did pitch, and I think he just would have got absolutely shelled if they tried to pitch him four or five innings. So the one guy that does that did pitch well was very steady, Garrett Cole. I think he gave up one run in the second start. Um, you know, had a tough first inning with the bases loaded, but got out of it. Uh, I forget how many runs he gave up in the first game, but he was still extremely solid. You know, Snell, unfortunately, didn't look good, but... But Cashman has, has never really had a, a stud rotation. you got to go all the way back to Clemens, Pettit. I, this guy just doesn't get it. And I think losing to a team, like Charlie was pointing out, with, with a payroll, you know, less than a third of what his is, and getting just, I, I know it went five games, but they were pretty soundly beat. You know, the, the Rays were better in just about every aspect. And that's embarrassing, you know, to waste all those millions of dollars to not be as good. For for Cashman to have had a, a competitive team against the Rays, he probably would have had to have spent an extra $100 million, really, to bring in decent players that could right this ship you know, in 2020. So that would have been a $350 million payroll. You know, he, he's not smart enough to, to problem solve. You know, his solution is always to spend money and it just does not work. And I think the biggest wake up call for him will be when the Red Sox, I believe will be at least a 90 win team next year and everybody's going to be impressed with how quickly they retooled, how they gained, you know, some pretty near major league ready prospects, how well their pitching development seems to be coming. And the Rays are still going to be good. They're still going to be good, at least a 90-win team next year, barring, you know, injuries. And I think Toronto might have at least an above 500 record. I don't know if they'll compete for a wild card, but I think, you know, they've got a couple of young pitchers coming up uh, Peterson and I forget the other one. And then they have Hunjin Ryu. I'm not sure if that was a good signing or not, but has pitched well at times. So if he has a solid year next year, they certainly have the offense. So, I mean, I think that's going to be a semi competitive team and, and the Orioles are just going to get better and better every year. So that's going to force Steinbrenner to take a good, long, hard look at Brian Cashman. And eventually he has to come to the conclusion that my guy is not as smart as all those other guys just in this division alone. Never mind Friedman in Los Angeles. And, um, you know, the Houston, you know, organization is probably going to overcome this and continue to develop good players. The twins are doing a great job in the regular season. Anyway, Um, Detroit is on the verge of competing again. I mean, Cashman isn't good. And it's just insane to me to see the Yankees fan base just being complete denial about this completely oblivious to, to how bad he is. And how flawed they are every year going into the postseason. So that's my rant. I went on a little too long, but to me, it's Cashman. Fire Boone, fine. He's not going to outmanage anyone either. But the blame ultimately goes with with Cashman. So, uh, getting back into the National League side, we'll talk about the uh, the. National League Championship Series matchup, real quick. Um, Braves, Dodgers. Charlie, do the Braves have a chance?
2: I think the Braves are going to make it interesting, to be completely honest. It is the Braves, but I mean, truth be told, uh, if you have to choose between, you know, honestly, if you had to choose between LA or Atlanta's pitching staff, who would you choose?
1: LA. Oh, definitely L.A., yeah. Okay,
2: and if you had to put uh, L.A. against Atlanta for offense, who would you choose? Still L.A. It's still L.A. So L.A. is arguably the best team. I mean, this is what, I think two out of three would say L.A. had the chance uh, to win it all this season just based on the fact that you had Mookie Betts to that team. You don't have Mookie Betts, I think it's a little bit of a toss on offense, you add Mookie Betts, arguably the second or third best player in baseball as far as offense goes, i take Mookie Betts over Aaron Judge. i take him over Giancarlo Stan. i take him over any other player in New York. The only other player that I would really hesitate to take uh, over him would be Mike Trout. I think Mike Trout's still the best player in baseball. It's a sham what they're doing in L.A. Thank goodness the Dodgers didn't waste Mookie Betts' better years. Um, I'm going to give Atlanta two. LA will win this game in six. The series in six. Uh, reason for that being is I think there's just going to be one game where Acuna goes off, and I think there's going to be one where um, there's going to be one pitcher in Atlanta and he just stifles LA. Uh, it just one though, because LA is the better team. I mean, across the board, it doesn't matter who you how you look at it. LA LA has. Atlanta out of this series. So the season ends for Atlanta when uh, game six hits uh, and LA takes that one out.
1: I'm going to be uh, far less generous to the Braves uh, as much as I think they're a really good team. And as much as, you know, we, we enjoyed watching them stomp the Marlins. Uh, I'm saying Dodgers and five. I think the Braves might squeak out one, um, you know, maybe against it might actually come coming game one against Bueller. You know, I don't know. Walker Bueller to me, seems like it, the Braves can get to him. Um, now, then again, he might shut them down. I mean, so th- this is the problem. Like, L.A.'s pitching is just, it's going to be too much. And the Braves just, you know, they've only got really two guys that you can rely on to toss out there and win a game. You know, it's it's Freed and it's Ian Anderson. And Freed struggled in his last start. So, yeah, I just I think the Dodgers are going to be too much. I think Dodgers in 5 because Kershaw is pitching really well and the offense is rolling and look, Atlanta, their offense has the potential to go off and just, you know, win a game all on its own. So they might be able to do that, but they're not going to be able to do that for a whole 7-game series. It's LA just going to be too much.
0: I kind of I kind of agree with Jason here. The, the best I can really give them is a game. Uh, the Dodgers are just too good. If Freed pitched a little bit better in the previous series, I, I might be tempted to give uh, the Braves an extra game. But I think, I think the Dodgers are going to steamroll them. And <laughs> this is the first year that I can really recall that the Dodgers are the bona fide frontrunner to win the World Series. We knew they were going to be good in years past, but, you know, we figured... I thought the Red Sox and the Astros were better in 2018. And in 2017, I think the Dodgers had the best record, um, you know, in the regular season. I could be wrong, but... but People were just really feeling Houston, and and the, I thought they were the team of destiny that year. So this is the first year where I'm like, you know, they are the favorites, and I think they're sick of losing. I think Mookie Betts there, he's a different player this postseason. He was 4-for-12 in the last series, only one run batted in, but he scored Four runs. Bellinger was just an absolute beast um, in in the previous series against the Padres. Uh, either homered or, or drove in runs in in all three games, and you know was the MVP uh, last year. I just feel like I fig- feel like he's going to be a force. And Bueller is concerning. He he doesn't quite you know he hasn't quite been the same guy this year, but. But Kershaw's pitching fine. Uh, you know they've got Dustin May uh, to start games. I just feel like I just feel like they're better. And and the kid that the Red Sox ended up not wanting there, um, Gratterall, just been phenomenal as well. And Roberts had the, the good sense to get Jansen out of the ninth inning after giving up two runs. They were up six to three going uh into the ninth against the Padres that one game and the Padres put up a two spot and he you know, Roberts got him out of there, went to Joe Kelly, um, you know, saved the game and, and so I, I just feel like Roberts is, is in tune with, with what he has to do after Facing a lot of criticism the, the previous two years. And best I can do is one game. Uh, I'll say four games to one uh Dodgers.
2: So, so wait a minute. Did did everybody forget about my prediction of what the Red Sox final record was going to be before the season even
0: started?
2: <laughs> Has no one been listening?
0: You're not going to uh, be smart twice, Charlie. Uh,
2: you know, <laughs> Yeah, I, I've heard that before. But uh, usually it's a police officer saying that. Uh, I, I'll, I'll say this much. If this ends up going six, I expect an apology from
0: both of you. Okay. I'll, I'll give it to you. I really will. I just. Yeah. I mean, if Atlanta shows up, because they, they have to be sick of losing too. I mean, this is their third straight year winning the division. And I mean, if they want it bad enough then that's their way they have to will their way to making this a competitive series because they they can't do it on talent alone the dodgers have most of the talent here so you know look at the rays you know throughout game five uh, last night they were hooting and hollering in the dugout all night you know thumping their chests you could tell they wanted to win that game really bad. That has to be that has to be the Braves this whole series, and that that's what it's going to take. But if they do win two games, Charlie, I will give you an apology. I,
1: Jason, will, too. I will too. Yeah, too I will now.
0: too. All right. If, if it <laughs> ends up being
2: five, I will apologize to both of you. We're going to make this fun.
0: All right. <laughs> fair enough. That's fair. Uh, getting over to the American League side now, uh, the Rays and the Astros. Not quite as intense of a of a grudge match as it would have been uh, if the Yankees were there, but but the the A's did, uh, excuse me, the Rays did lose to uh, Houston last year, and you know found out about all their shadiness uh, a handful of weeks later. So. I think there still will be a revenge element here. But, Charlie, go ahead. How do you see this series playing out?
2: Uh, Well, Matt Hall's not going to pitch for Houston, right? So there's no, there's no chance that any <laughs> of those games could get automatically blown up. Um, Yeah, Matt, I'm still thinking about you, Bill. Uh, I'm going to go here and say Rays win this. Cause uh, you know I've been going against Houston this whole time, and I'm going to keep the party uh, you know going for a stroll here. Uh, Rays will win this one, and I'm going to say uh, I'm torn between six or seven. I'm going to go I'm going to go six because there's going to be no trash can banging in this game. Uh, I- I'm going to say that um, Tampa Bay again just does what they do, and they figure out a way to get it done. Um, They did against the Yankees. Houston's, uh, in my opinion, not as good of a team as New York, uh, even though the bats definitely showed up. Uh, I just – I'm going to say six games for Tampa Bay. We see a lot of players who who way overperform in Tampa Bay, probably come back next year, don't do as well, and because of that they probably don't get crazy, crazy contracts. But, uh, I mean, you look at the numbers and the stats on the season – Tampa Bay has them seven ways to Sunday. I mean, this is just a situation where you literally have one team who has earned the right to be here and another team that just squeaked by. 40 and 20 against a 29 and 31 LOL type situation. So, Tampa Bay in six games, dear Tampa Bay, do not make me look foolish.
1: Yeah, I agree with Charlie. I'm going to say Tampa Bay in six. Um, Tampa's had the harder road to get here, and they've proven that they can beat elite teams like the Yankees and, and uh, continue to move on. So I'm just not all that impressed with the Astros this this postseason. Um, I mean, Charlie mentioned it. They just sort of barely squeaked in. Uh, they drew Minnesota in the wild card round, which Minnesota was a good team heading in, but... It's still the Minnesota Twins in the playoffs, so of course they got knocked right out. Um, and then they had to play Oakland, and yeah, they had to play Oakland without Matt Chapman. And I don't think Oakland was a very good team either. So I think the Astros are here because they had an somewhat of an easy road. And Tampa is going to be too much. Tampa's pitching is going to be too much. Um, these Astros bats are going to be cooled down by that again. That three-headed monster, of, you know, Snell. Morton, Glasnow, it's going to be too much. Um, you know, Houston game one's throwing Framber Valdez, who I think has been pretty good for them. So that might be one of the better chances to win. Um, I don't trust Lance McCullers at all. I think he, he's going to really struggle. And Zach Greinke has not been good. So you've got to hope that Greinke can figure it out and he can turn it around. But he's been pretty awful in these playoffs so far. So Tampa's just got too much pitching. They're They're too... Button down, um, you know. I, I think the Astros are playing with emotion, and I think when they go down in this series, because they will, they'll go down at least two games to to nothing or two games to one, and that emotion, it, you know, the anger, the the motivation, it's not going to be enough. It's not going to be enough to get them past Tampa. Tampa's just too professional about it. You know, they've wanted to be here all year, and they're just they're too much. For the Astros to handle, so I yeah, rays in six.
0: Six games is definitely the safe pick. I could see it possibly happening in five games for the Rays, um, but th- there are some things to consider here. How taxed is Tyler Glass now? Snell didn't look good, and you know th- that Houston lineup, as hot as it is, could could do a number on him, and then how well do they know Charlie Morton from when he pitched there as recently as 2018? So, you know, there's some some factors to consider here. Um, that being said, I mean, w- do I feel good about Jose Urquidy or – you know, McCullers as well, who who didn't look good in in Game One against Oakland. So, so yeah, I I guess I can see this series going deeper for a multitude of reasons, but I I still think the Rays are the best balanced team. That bullpen is probably not going to be blowing leads late in the game. The Tampa bullpen and their lineup can get just as hot. You know, G-Man Choi, their best power hitter, you know, kind of reminds me a little bit of Rafi Devers. Um, you know, Brusso is coming off a, a big series. Wendell's been, been hitting good all year long. They definitely have a very formidable offense. You know, they're not household names like Correa, Springer, Bregman, but if they have a big series... You know, in a in a championship series like this, some of these guys can kind of be household names. You know, if they if they really perform. So, I'm going with the safe pick, just like you guys. I'll I'll say uh, raise in six. Um, actually, do we have pitching matchups? Because it starts tomorrow, doesn't it?
1: Oh, uh, for. Uh For this one, yeah, it's uh, Valdez against Snell
0: tomorrow. yeah, I actually did see that. That's right. Yeah, and he's coming off of a good start. So it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. And I think there's going to be some surprises here, you know, and, um, you know, on both sides. So it's definitely going to be an entertaining series and definitely the more competitive of uh, the two, you know, the National League side is, is pretty cut and dry. So yeah, so we got McCullers going game two, and then it's TBD. So who would it be? Um, probably Morton going game two, I would think. Let's see, Monday, when was, let's see, game three. That was That was Wednesday night. So yeah, that would put Morton on track for... For Tuesday so I bet it goes Snell Morton glass now uh, and let's see that would that would probably put glass now against grinky in game three so I'm surprised it's uh, not more updated than this I mean I can't imagine Baker's gonna go to anyone else uh, in game three but but yeah nonetheless um, four. Uh, excuse me. Yeah, four games to two. Tampa. The Red Sox could be getting a bench coach. Uh, you know, they well they could be getting a manager who happens to be the A's bench coach. Rays. Why do I keep saying that all night mm-hmm. long? They're both Moneyball teams. But, um, but yeah, I I think, in the better the better the Rays do. I mean, the the bigger the likelihood, I would say.
1: Yeah, because at least if, if the Rays really do pull this off and go all the way to the World Series, then his name will be more recognizable for maybe some people in town who still don't really know who he is. Um, you know, he'll get a lot of exposure. So, yeah, it would make it more likely that the Red Sox would want to target him.
0: It's funny because that team just gets ransacked every year every year another team has openings whether it's front office or whatever (laughs) that team is just so brilliant everybody wants people out of that organization you know houston the same way before the scandal that's where the baltimore front office came from but um but
1: yeah kevin Kevin cash is like the andy Reid of baseball it's just all all of his supporting coaches end up going somewhere else
0: yeah exactly yeah, and there was a kind of a fun moment. I think it was Wendell was up at the plate and he he let go of the bat on a foul ball and it whizzed like right over Cash's head and Cash had to hit the deck in the in the uh dugout and he gets up and dusts himself off and he's like he's like, "Joey, where are your batting gloves?" and just kind of laughing and I'm like, well, I'm glad they can laugh in, a, in an intense game like this. But this is a team that's living in the moment. They're having a great time. The culture is extremely positive, and they have no baggage like the team they're about to face. So, I, I'm I'm a big Rays fan. I'm not I'm not afraid to say it. For the rest of this postseason, I love Tampa and to have a 70-something million dollar payroll team win it all, you know, I mean, the Yankees were a mess with their payroll. The Dodgers have a high payroll, but they have the most talent of any team. So for the for the Rays to defy everything, I'm, I'm not tipping my hand as far as who I'm going to pick if the Rays do win this series and, and it ends up being Rays-Dodgers, but... but I'm definitely rooting for Tampa this whole way, much like I did Cleveland in 2016. Didn't work out, but I I was all about the Indians there, you know, in the month of October. But, Charlie, final thoughts?
2: Uh, Matt Hall's still a bum. Uh, The Dodgers are going to probably end up winning this World Series in seven. Uh, There's going to be plenty of baseball to go. And uh, I think there's gonna be a couple surprise surprise matchups. Um, your final word on the American League Series was that, did you say six games?
0: Yeah, that's what I'm going with.
2: Okay, you just didn't want to apologize twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: it, it could go uh, five. it could go seven. I mean, like I said, that we're gonna be surprised in, in some way, I think, by the end of it.
1: If it goes
2: five or seven, I'm apologizing because I think six is the number. Uh, but I will admit, if the Braves end up somehow managing to make it seven, I, I think I'm just going to apologize to myself
0: for being <laughs> foolish.
2: Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, I think it's, it's uh, you know, the teams that are in it, uh, two of the teams that are in it uh, we knew from the get-go should have been in the Final Four. The Braves, I'm happy that they're there. The Houston Astros are the surprise. They're the Cinderella here, and I hate to say it like that, but good Lord, man, these guys are just... I don't know, man. It's going to be interesting. Two fun series for sure.
0: Uh, Jason, final thoughts?
1: Um, yeah, I think both these series will be pretty exciting. Um, I, I hope the Braves can make a little, little ruckus over there, You know, make the Dodgers sweat a little bit. I'd like to see that. Um, and my final thought is I don't care how many hits he gets. I don't care how many home runs he hits, how many great plays he makes. I'm still glad the Red Sox traded Mookie.
0: Me too. And, you know, I, I we've pointed out that he is having a decent October. Um, no fans, so I, I don't know if that's a factor with him or not, but I, I tweeted out on, on Twitter that, you know, I, I have mixed feelings about the Dodgers, and you know, I couldn't root against them for as long as the Yankees were still in contention, you know. Now that the Yankees are out of it, I, I don't have to root for the Dodgers, but I'd be conflicted if the Dodgers win because I don't want Mookie to get a ring right away, you know, after rejecting the Red Sox year after year, just to have simple conversations and, and, you know, just kind of, you know, breeze into LA into a great situation. So while I don't want Mookie to get a ring right away, I would love it if Joe Kelly got a ring. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. that's, that's where the confliction comes from with me. But um, but yeah, so we'll, we'll see what Mookie does. We're, we're only halfway there, you know, two series down, two to go. So, um, yeah. All right, guys. Yeah, I, fun. I don't, uh, have the schedule up, but it's seven straight days. So let's see if it starts Sunday, then it must end Saturday at the latest cause there's no off days. So, we'll probably plan on a show uh, Saturday or Sunday night or maybe even as early as Friday night, but we'll, we'll plan that out, you know, once Wednesday or Thursday comes around um, and uh, we'll review this series and then talk about the world series and give our picks for that. Sounds good. Sounds good. Y'all. Okay. Well. Good show guys. Have a good night.
1: All right. Yeah. Later.
0: episode 227 I think it was I've been better about remembering that but uh I'm not confident that that definitely is the number but hope you guys enjoyed it um you know we're enjoying the playoffs and got a couple of good matchups here uh, especially the American League side that's just been a lot more fun you know the Braves and the the Dodgers have been undefeated all the way through so far. So one of them's going to have to lose three times here. But um, but the American League side is where most of the drama has been. So um, and like I said, I'm getting kind of emotionally attached to that Rays team. I just I feel for them. You know we've won our titles and uh, one of them at their expense in, in 2013. But uh, I, I don't mind uh, giving it up for uh, Tampa this year and, and uh, letting them have a little bit of glory. So uh, be back with you uh, late next week and uh, hope you all enjoy it. Take care.